Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tactical Yanks podcast, your podcast for soccer in America and around the world. I'm your co-host, Pete Douthit, and I am joined by my fellow co-host, Filippo Silva, and welcome to the Tactical Yanks podcast. Hopefully you enjoy. We'll be talking about U.S. soccer, European soccer, South American soccer, the World Cup, and much more. All right, everyone, welcome to episode 40. Six of the Tactical Yanks podcast. I am your co-host, Filippo Silva from Tactical Manager TV. And as always, I'm joined by the co-host of the podcast, Pete Dowlett from 11 Yanks. Pete, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Um, it's, you know, we're recording this on a Sunday because I have work tomorrow and can't do it then. And I'm still smarting over that Manchester United defeat to Liverpool 7-0. I'm not as invested in Man U as I used to be, but it's still, you know, not fun to see a big team like that get thrashed, especially by Liverpool, who's been having a terrible season. Well, the worst part of this is last week, we were kind of like happy and celebrating. It's like, wow, we got a trophy. We won the Carabao Cup. And Ten Hag seems to have this team on track. And we were still in the Premier League title race to a certain extent. And then they freaking lose 7-0 to Liverpool at Anfield today in the morning. And that was kind of a pain to watch. And for me, I even joked about this in my lifetime. I've watched Palmeiras lose, lose 7-2 to Vitoria in Brazil, which no one ever expected that to happen, but it happened. I, I saw Brazil lose 7-1 to Germany, which holy crap, no one expected that either. And then this one, 7-0. I guess the U.S. men's national team is next. Who are we Grenada. losing to 7-0? We lose 7-0 to Grenada. Because we start the Grenada merchant himself, Jesus Ferreira. Dude, imagine if, but but wait, wait, imagine we lose to Mexico 7 0 on anything. That shame, hide your face. Like, if that happens, delete Twitter. (laughs) I think if that happens, if that happens, me and you will probably have to go to exile like Luke Skywalker in episode um, seven and eight. We're going to have to go on exile and disappear. It's like, we'll go to an island. It's like, we're gone, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Can't lose the Mexico. That would but be really bad. Let's hope that the, that's the last 7-0 or seven goal, seven goal scoring against my team that I experienced. But today, we have an interesting episode because we're going to go through our main players abroad. And we're going to try to rate their season so far. Uh, forgive us if we forget one player or another. We're, we're not going to go through every single name possible. There are players we're going to skip uh, for whatever reasons, maybe because we forgot or maybe because I don't want to say they're not important, but let's say they're not important at the moment for the U.S. men's national team landscape. We'll put yeah. it that way. Uh, but nevertheless, we're going to do it this way. We're going to go talk very briefly about how, de- how their season has gone so far, the 2022-2023 season. And I guess we'll just have three different ratings, Pete. We'll have it's been bad, it's been okay, and it's been very good. That's it. We're not going to do much more. Very simple, very basic. Uh, We'll start the top five leagues probably, and then we'll go to guys that play in other random good leagues in Europe. Uh, Maybe South America. We'll talk about Johnny too, so that'll be South America, I guess, and maybe someone in the Yankees. We'll talk about that. So, Pete, uh, with that said, should we start with the Premier League? Yeah, let's start at the top. So why don't we go with our best player, I guess, still our best player, uh, Christian Pulisic. What what do you have to say about his season so far? It's been bad, right? I mean, if he's not injured, he's benched. 
So despite having a very world, good World Cup for us, his you know year with Chelsea, and it's not all his fault, right? They, you know, the the switch over from Tuchel to Potter was you know difficult one. There's a lot of competition. He hasn't always really been valued by Chelsea ever since that Champions League final. It feels like he's been in and out of the team, and if he's not in and out of the team, he's injured. So I would say bad. I, I mean, I can't. I, he hasn't really scored many goals or or gotten assists or even gotten as much playing time as we would like. So I have to go with bad for Christian, and that's not, I, not on him. I have to put bad too. I mean, hasn't been a consistent starter. Has been in and out. Had an injury, which is never good. I know that's not his fault, but he still had it. What can you do about it? Hasn't been overly productive. Obviously, there's the argument that Chelsea of its own hasn't been great, but that doesn't matter. We're checking in on Pulisic, and regardless of the club you're playing, we're judging your individual performance, and Pulisic hasn't been great this season. So I'm going to say a bad season. And he had a good World Cup for us, that's for sure, our best player in the World Cup. But we're judging club. Okay, club. Yeah, and and guys, we're not saying he's a bad player. We're rating how his season is going. So... Don't get angry or get angry if you want, but just clarify. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I do blame Chelsea quite a bit, but yeah. judging Pulisic, it hasn't been a good season for him. Some of it is fault. Some of it is his fault. Some of it is not. Nevertheless, bad season. Next up is an interesting one. The Leeds boys, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Tyler and Brendan that have been in the season, have been with Leeds since the start of the season. And you have Weston, which there's two different stories for Weston. There's the Juve side and there's the Leeds side but we're going to rate the overall season so far why don't we start with um let's start with Brendan start with Brendan I would have to to say bad for Brendan you're gonna say bad I'm gonna say normal because that's his level I think it's his level right now. I think he's gaining valuable experience. He's had many bad, he had more bad moments than good moments, but he has had some good moments throughout the season. I think we can all agree with that, but I think it's, it's about his level and he's gaining experience. I think the best thing to, I don't want Leeds to get relegated, but if they do get relegated, the best thing that can happen to him is playing a season, in the championship, that'll be more of his level where he might even stand out. And then coming back to the premier league, that's what happened to Robinson. and, And he made a big jump after Fulham got relegated. I'm going to say his season's been normal. It, it, it's been bad performances, but I kind of like rate it on his level. And I think for his level, it's been pretty normal. But here's here's my only issue with that. It's hard to quantify bad because if you look at, he was brought in by Leeds for 33 million. That's not a, a player who's like good off the bench. That is a Almost starter. twice what they paid for Tyler. Right. So this is a $33 million player who come, came in and played the 10 for most of the season. And has, I think, one goal and two assists, right? So in terms of his Mm -hmm. contributions to Leeds and then finally getting benched, I can't say it's been okay. I I think that's been poor. But But... I agree with you that that is his level. But I'm if you're a Leeds fan and you 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 say, how did Brendan Aronson do? You're going to say it's been a poor season. But let me ask you this then. For example, Endrick, right? Real Madrid paid 60, 70 million for him, whatever. He's going to come in and probably not be effective the first season, I'm assuming. Yeah, but or he's 16, not 22. Well, he'll be like, 18. Yeah, I, I like guess. It's different if you're, if you're being bought for potential. But $33 million and handed a starting role is we're buying you for now today because we believe you can help us. And he hasn't justified that. I guess the main thing here is I, I just rated Brendan lower than everyone else, I think. 
I just didn't really expect him to do anything this season. Yeah, I understand right? that version of the rating. I guess it's just yeah. we're rating from different perspectives. I yeah, think. yeah. I think what was it was maybe, and again, there's no right or wrong there in regards to expectations. Some people expect more, some less. But I, I've been saying that since January of 2022. Remember, I was already saying, I hate this move. I hate this move. Um, so I never expected anything from him. So even when he had some good moments, to me, that was already, wow, that's good for Brendan because I, I wasn't expecting anything. But you are right, too. They paid a fee that when you pay that much, I think he was the second most expensive signing just behind Reuter. Uh mm -hmm. You were expecting something. But Reuter's another guy that's not doing anything. And they paid $40 million. It, it, I thought they overpaid for him. I think that to me. Yeah, is a, I think a, they overpaid yeah. for Brendan, too. I'm going to say normal. It's been bad, more bad performances than good for sure by a lot. But I'm just going to say normal based on my expectation. You're going to rate it bad, right? I'll rate it bad because from a Leeds perspective, he's not justified his transfer fee. He's not been impactful in the way mm -hmm. that you would want him to be for that kind of money. Now let's go to maybe the controversial one. Mm. Tyler Adams. I'll let you go first there. I'm going to say good. I think he's had a good season. He was brought in for decent money, not amazing money, to come in and do a role. And I think that mostly he's done that role quite well. I, I think you know you're not going to get Tyler Adams, the distributor. But in terms of protecting that back line and winning duels and, and you know winning balls, I think it's been a good season for Tyler Adams. Actually, I'll, I'll agree with that too. I'm going to give it a good season. And I think people take it out of context when I say he's not good on the ball and he's this and he's that. I'm just criticizing what I think he has to improve. But overall, based on what I expect from Tyler, that's how I rated Brendan. So fair is fair. I would say Tyler has had a good season. I expect him to do the dirty work on defense and to offer almost nothing on the ball, which is probably what he's done. His expected assist is below one. His expected goals is below one. He has zero shots on target all season. No assist. That's kind of what I expect from him, if I'm being yeah. completely honest. So yeah. But defensively, he's had um, he's done most of his job. Like most goals are not on him. He's covered whatever yeah. he can. Uh, like blatant mistake for a goal. The only one I can remember is the Fulham one, uh, the Palinga one. That's like the only blatant mistake I can remember. Outside of that, he started every game, and I haven't seen anything terrible. Uh, I would I would hope he would stop a little bit with the the shoves and the hot head. Yeah, that that's good. getting that's getting old very quickly. Well, and, and, and players start to get to you, right? I, I, players go at him on purpose because they know he's going to push and he's going to like act tough and, and they want to get a card because Tyler Adams, the moment he gets a yellow card, he becomes a liability because he can't go with hard tackles. He can't really be physical because he's on a yellow. So they're trying to do that. And I don't know if he's noticed that. So he probably – and then people talking about him standing up for himself. It's like, guys, when a player is talking shit about you, you can just walk away. That's not being yeah. soft. You can just walk away. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This is a very like American thing of like, oh, we love guys who physically show how tough they are. And it's like, I'd rather just see what you do on the field. Like let people talk. I, it doesn't really move the needle for me. Um, I Do you think there's any aspect of like Tyler Adams sees all the praise he gets on social media for being Mr. Tough Guy? So he sort of leans into it. I think there might be a little bit because, after all, these guys are humans and they are in social media. We know that. Yeah. They all are. They're all like, they're kind of like, a lot of them are around, not Tyler's younger, but a lot of them are like my age. I'm in social media all the time. They're, they're, they are in social media. And we know that for a fact. So I think there could be a little bit of an ego boost there, right? A little bit. 
he did tone it down a little bit. There was a time where he was doing like there were like three consecutive weeks that he did it, and then he yeah. just stopped. For, I think then people start like, guys, it's like the first time was like cool, Tyler, but then second, third, and you're kind of like, okay, um, dude, one, it happened once, the guy got in your face, that's fine. The second, the third, it's starting to get weird here. Uh, yeah, uh, but so we'll go with good. I agree with you there with good. Wesley McKinney. I can go first since you went that one too. Yeah. That one's a tricky one to me. Mm. It's a tricky one to rate. For Juventus, he was like, it was a roller coaster ride. They were a mess, but he was yeah. starting and he was having games where he looked very good, games where he looked terrible. Then he started, he was moved to Juve as a right wing back at one point, right midfielder, pushed high up the field, um, never helping on the build out, rightfully so. Where in Leeds, he does help with the build out, he plays yeah. deeper. I'm going to say Weston's – there is high expectations for me for Weston. I think he's the best player of these three from Leeds. Uh, yeah. He's the best one of them three. I'm going to say he's having an average season, a normal yeah. season, I would say. I can't give it a good season, but I can't also say it's terrible. Uh, I also. think at Juve, it's not – I don't think he ever looked super good, but he still managed to be a contributor, right? Mm -hmm. Like he might have a poor game and get a really good cross-off for an assist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like that was Weston at Juve. Um, in many aspects of play, you had question marks, but he'd still pop up with a goal or an assist a lot of the time, which made him a, a contributor. So, and, and with Leeds, he's been fine. You know, he hasn't really made any mistakes. He's been willing to play, what you know, in the back two or as the 10. He played the 10 Except for this game, game this weekend. Yeah, this weekend he didn't play as the as the back two either. No, no, I meant, I meant mistake, like the goal, the corner. Uh, he turned his back and allowed, um, what's his name, Fofana to jump almost like over him right there. He didn't really go yeah. aggressive. So he could have done it. But yeah, outside of that, Weston has been okay for Leeds. Like, hasn't been, he's not a problem, but he's also not yeah. been the solution. No, no. Like, he didn't elevate Leeds when he came in, right? No, no. Uh, but didn't make them worse. So we'll say normal for him, average yeah, season. I'm with you on that. Now, I think this one is the easiest one of them all. The Fulham boys. I mean, Should we, we just can justify put them together. Them. Well, we can do a separate Jedi Robinson and Reem, but I think to me, both are great seasons, good seasons. Amazing for both seasons. Regards. Yeah. yeah. Probably our two best players this season in terms of like the seasons they're having. It's probably two of our best. Yeah. Fulham is fighting for top eight in the Premier League with not the greatest roster. Tim Reem has been a leader, rock solid, ball playing defender, fantastic. A-Rob used to be a liability on defense. He hasn't looked bad on defense anymore. He looks fairly reliable. Still has some issues in regards to inconsistent crossing and ability in tight spaces, but it's not really like becoming a major issue. He's been just fine. So I think for team and individually, I, I think there's not much to talk about them. Just very good season. Yeah, very good. I'd say they both exceeded expectations, especially yeah. Tim Green. Especially yeah. Tim Ream, who we thought was going to be benched because the last two times they got promoted, they benched him. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Richards from Crystal Palace. Ooh. I want to say bad season, but it's not his fault. No. Because when he played, not, he did fine. Yeah. Like he's not been playing. Part of it was injury. Part of it was he joined a club where there were two guys ahead of him, Gahey and Anderson. And there have been reliable, good defenders for that club for a long time. And he's a 22-year-old center back. He came in, you know, got he's got had some good sub minutes, generally played well, and then got injured before the World Cup. Then he comes back, 
Anderson gets injured, plays two games, injured again. Now he's back again. He but played he still, well those two games, by the way. Played very well those Very two well. Games. Very well, which was encouraging. It shows you the level. When you can come out of the blue against Newcastle and Manchester United and play well, then it shows the quality is there. Um, so, I mean, Crystal Palace has real talent on their hands, but he's played literally. He'd started two or three games. I think he started three games this year. He's had a bunch of other sub appearances, but it's not the season we've hoped for for, for Chris Richards. So I want to say bad. But just to be clear, it's not necessarily Chris Richards has not been bad. The situation he finds himself in has been bad. Yeah, I think situation in the short term, I think they'll probably sell Mark Gehi over the summer. And as long yeah. as Richard is healthy, he will be starting there next to Anderson. And it looks like Patricia Hat does trust him uh, yeah. as he did put him in the show. So, again, the way we have to look at Richard, to me, it's a bad season, but not because of him. Let's put it this way. You, Pete, are a player for Manchester United and you tear your ACL early in the season, and you're done for the season. You had a bad season. Yeah. You didn't play, yeah. but you had a bad season. That's kind of what's happening with Richards, the injuries, right? He came into a club where he's going to have to fight for the starting job. With that said, he needs to be healthy and in good form to battle out with two very good center backs, and he's been injured. That's been hurting him. Uh, and he was injured again when, when, like you said, when Anderson was down. That was his chance to like get a few games going. He got two, did well. It seemed like he was going to get it going, and then he didn't. So... Yeah. Because he got injured again. So bad season because of injuries, in my opinion. But the projection for next season looks extremely good. I would say it's been a good move so far. You get one season to settle in and then maybe become a starter next year. My only thing is he does get injured a fair bit. Like if you look at his injury history, it's never big injuries, but he seems to get niggling injuries quite Pulisic. Kind of like Pulisic, yeah. Although Pulisic has had some big ones with like hamstring tears and stuff. Yeah, more like Pulisic recently because Pulisic hasn't really gotten an injury that he's been out for more than like a month or two max, like a month yeah, usually. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of like that. Pulisic had one major injury, that one that he like, it was against Arsenal, right? Um, yeah, in the FA Cup final. Yeah, that one was bad. Uh, but but since he's been having a bunch of like minor injuries that keep him out for three weeks or, or a month. Yeah. yeah. So that does it for the Premier League, guys. Overall, I would say. The Premier League guys talk about Matt Turner. Oh, actually, no, you're right. We should talk about Matt Turner. I think it's been good for him. I think think so too. Yeah, he's He's improved the games. He's played League Cup, FA Cup. He's played Europa League, and he's generally looked quite good, reliable. He he seems to have improved on the ball, which is good to see. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's been a good season for Matt Turner. We knew he wasn't going to be the starter. Nobody thought he was going to go be the starter. For a backup, he's having a lot better season at Arsenal than Zach Steffen did at City. Put it that way. Zach Steffen always looked poor when he played for City. Turner didn't. So yeah, Matt Turner, sure, he didn't play much, but based on what we expected, which was never for him to start, we expected him to improve his feet. Check that box. He has. Yeah. We expect him to play in the Europa League and get some cup minutes and look at least sharp. He did. Check that box. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, That's so good season for, for Turner. Uh, so let's move on to the Bundesliga, right? Another of the top five leagues. And in the Bundesliga... I think there's four players to talk about. Five, actually. Mm. Reina, Scali, Paredes, Brooks, that he's there too now, and Pifak. Am I right? Mm. Those are it? Yeah, I that's it. I think so. If we miss somebody, we apologize in advance. Yeah, I think I think those are all the ones in the Bundesliga. So let's start with Gio Reina. And I think there's no easy way to put this, but it's just, it's a bad season. It's a bad season because he was injured for most of the beginning of it. 
Then when he came back, he was doing well, got two assists in the Champions League against Sevilla, scored a goal, started to look sharp and back to his old self. Then went to the World Cup. We all know what happened there. Comes back from the World Cup and is Do on we fire. Know? Do we know huh? what happened? Do we know? We know something. We know he didn't play. <laughs> you yeah. know, we, we know that. We're not going to get into that whole saga right now because, frankly, yeah. I'm tired of talking about it. But he comes back from the World Cup and gets three goals in three games, right, off the bench. Gets one start, looks not great in that start, and has not played since. And it's, I think, a combination of things that happened there. Number one is Dortmund finally have a healthy roster, right? For the longest time, they always had five, six, seven guys injured at any point in the season. Now they have everybody back and playing quite well. And they have other guys joining, right? Like Haller came, you know, Bino Gittens, came, you know, came through. Adeyemi came. All these guys came up. And now Brandt and Royce are healthy and playing well. It's very hard to break in. And on top of it, not only are they challenging for the Bundesliga title this year, which at this point, it's usually done and dusted. On top of that, they're usually winning games. So when you're winning a game, Gio Reyna is not the guy you bring on. You, you bring Gio Reyna on, if he's a bench player, to win you a game. But when you're trying to defend a lead, there are other players that you bring on. I think that has contributed to his lack of minutes. Um, it's interesting what uh, Terzic had to say about him. He said, you know, he needs to be diligent and patient, um, which is true, Right. He's definitely has value. They love him over there. There's been some people tried to say, oh, he's got attitude problems. First of all, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. But people who say, who follow the Bundesliga very closely, media people say that there are no problems with him in Dortmund. So I don't think it's that. I think that honestly, if Gio wants to start, he might have to improve defensively. He might have to be better against the ball. Otherwise, you, you're only going to be used when they need a goal. Is that a fair? representation yeah, of the just, just to make one thing clear too um people pray for terzic to say something that will make it look like Gio has attitude problems he would never mean to say that because he would be devaluing an asset of the club so even if there was that's never what he's going to try to mean in a press conference he will avoid saying that if there was but it doesn't look like there is like the players have always been fine with him he doesn't look like he's angry about it I guess what he was saying is just that Gio has to be patient. His time will come. He'll get his chances. He's still young. He was battling injuries, and the team is red hot. And when a team is red hot, you don't change anything. You keep yeah. You keep it as it is. And, and they're red hot without him, right, most right. of the time. So keep him out. Even though a couple of the wins, he got them, right? He scored yeah. late to help them. He but nevertheless, rescued four points for them. Two points exactly. became six points because of his winning goals. I exactly. will say – now he's got to work really hard in training, right? And that's the beauty of playing at a high level is you have so much good quality competition that it forces you to be better, right? So he's got to do that. And then at some point, Dortmund's going to be down and they're probably going to bring him on and he has to deliver again, which is not mm -hmm. easy to do, but you have to be ready to take your chance when it comes back. I'm not particularly worried about Gio. Um, at least he's like healthy. MLS. I was like, unlike MLS, where if you're a DP or a very promising guy, you're just going to, well, or a very good player, you you can have a stinker for 10 games in a row, you're going to be a starter, like long last yeah. season. Oh, if Gio would be probably, I think, the best player in MLS. I don't think that's unfair to say. Is there anybody uh, in MLS that's better than Gio right Insigne now? Insigne trying? Insigne trying, maybe? Yeah, Insigne trying, maybe Vela I can see. 
but definitely Trying. top five. I would say top yeah. five in MLS. He would never be benched. He pro- would never defend in MLS. He wouldn't even try. He would just walk well, around the field and wait for the ball. He wouldn't need to defend. <laughs> but, no. But yeah, Gio, we can all agree, bad season. Um, wouldn't really put it on his fault. Continues to be injured, but he's been healthy for a while now. Let's hope that keep it that way. But what's One up? last thing I want to say, although we're saying bad season, to get five goals and two assists, that's seven goal contributions in, I think it's not even 1,500 minutes. He has about one goal contribution per 170 minutes on the field, which is... I'll check for you. Uh, the exact number is not... Um, I don't have the exact number. Let's pull it up. But I remember I'll, looking I'll, at this the other day and being very impressed. Uh, his- actually, it's quite lower. He has a total of seven goal contributions among... Um, DFB Pokal, Champions League, and Bundesliga, seven goals in 815 minutes. That's less than 10 games. So that means every game, there's a, there's a goal. Every 90 minutes that he plays, there's pretty much a goal contribution. More like 120. So let's say every game and a half that he's on the field, there's a goal contribution from Gio. With so a guy just, that hasn't been fully fit, right? He has, well, I mean, fit, but like the injuries always don't let you catch form. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's promising. I mean, in terms of like minutes played to production, he's been amazing. The only reason we're saying it's a bad season is because of the injuries and the lack of minutes and all of that. And as far as I'm concerned, before we move on to Joe Scali, a lot of these goals were not in garbage time. They were, a lot were crucial. It wasn't yeah. garbage time, right? Because you could go on and say, yeah, he, he got like five goals. He would come in when the game was like 5-0 and get a goal. That was no. not the case. But Pete, so we don't take like two hours in this podcast. Joe Scali, I'm going to say very quickly, I don't have to spend much time on him. I'm going to say good season. He picked up where he left off from last year. Mostly a starter. Has yeah. been very reliable defending. He is not perfect on the ball. He doesn't really offer much going forward. But he is that fullback that you always want to have. Like let's say Dest is having a stinker. You send in Scali. He's going to give you a good def- – he's going to give you defense uh, – Sorry, going to give you. He's going to be good defending going forward. Not going to offer much, but it doesn't matter. He'll be reliable, and that's what he is. He's reliable at a very young age in a decent Bundesliga side. So good season. Yeah, very good season. I will say, if Dest is tired, you could also bring on Shaq Moore, like we did in the World Cup, instead of, of just Scali. Of course, of course. Which is kind of crazy that that the guy has been for two seasons consistent in the Bundesliga, been just fine. And then you bring Shaq Moore that was playing La Liga 2 and then doing normal in MLS, like not even great. But okay, uh, enough of Greg. <laughs> one Back last thing to- on Scali. He is one day too old for the U20s. So consider his age also. Like to be mm-hmm. this consistent at such a young age at fullback is is makes it even more impressive. That's all. Yep. Uh, and then very quickly, uh, John Brooks. I don't think there's much to talk about. Never yeah. played for Benfica. That's horrible. And for Hoffenheim, since he arrived, he was horrible, and now he's benched. So John Brooks, I still expect him to pick it back up at some point, but we just got to be realistic here, non-biased, indirect towards what we, we want, we're we seeing. John Brooks has had a terrible season in Portugal and a terrible season in, in Germany too. That's been short so far, like a month, but it's been a terrible month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's much to talk about there. Uh, PFOC. Ooh, this is a tough one. Started the season strongly, right? It was, I think, had five or six goals in the first like two months. And then 
just sort of dropped off, got benched, hasn't really done much since then. Um, the thing is, I didn't expect him to be good for Union Berlin. So I'm going to say, say normal. okay. Yeah, normal. I would say I okay, think. yeah. Like, I, mean, I didn't expect him. I was surprised, honestly, when he came to Union Berlin and started scoring goals. And then he sort of regressed. He still had a goal, I think, in January. But he probably ended up with 10 goal contributions total, which is not great, but also not terrible. I mean, being benched, you could say, is not great. But I, I think that's his level. They're also in third place in the Bundesliga. This is yeah. a very strong team. I didn't really expect him to start at all. I thought he was going to be a backup. And he got some starter minutes. Now, personally, he's a backup. But for his level and for what we expect from him, this was a good move up for him. He was playing Switzerland. He goes to a top five league. And he is a useful player for them. He's not a key player. They could lose him and it wouldn't change much to the team. But he's a useful player for Union Berlin. And has contributed to their season, to their success. So I'll say in a normal season, he's... I'm do, he's doing probably what we expected most, yeah. most of it. Kevin Paredes from Wolfsburg. I'm going to go ahead and say a good season for him, not because he's been playing super well, but he's getting minutes in the Bundesliga. Today, on Sunday, when we record it, he was the first man off the bench for Wolfsburg when they were down. Sorry, not down. They were tying 2-2. Yeah. So the coach trusts him. He's very young. He's a U20 player. He's yeah. still very like scrawny, like very small. And he's still being able – when he plays in the Bundesliga, he's not really standing out, but he looks like he belongs. And for me, that's absolutely fantastic at this age that he's already getting that. So I'm going to say a very good season for Kevin Paredes. Agreed. 19 years old, doesn't look out of place, does also have a goal and an assist off the bench uh, Mm -hmm. since the World Cup. It's not like he's done nothing. Um, He continues to get regular sub minutes. The thing now is to try and push for a start at some point. Yeah, and he won't start this season, but – it's promising that he finishes the season getting minutes off the bench, has a full preseason again next year. Who knows? Uh, nevertheless, I thought very good for what we expect from a player his age. So before we keep going on, because we have players from Diere Divisi, we have to talk about players from France also. Can't forget about France. Um, so let's go for a quick word from our sponsor, DraftKings. And the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this upcoming summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbooks is giving new customers risk-free bets up to $1,000. That is right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. All you have to do is download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. That is TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's the promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you very much, DraftKings, for sponsoring this podcast. So, Pete, uh, let's quickly go to France um, because France is just way in Palmer Brown, so we'll go quickly. I'm, I'm, let's go quickly through these two because we have a lot of players to cover. So Palmer Brown, I'm going to go ahead and say bad season. I haven't seen him have one good game this season. Trot is the second worst defense in the league. Uh, obviously, I don't expect a lot from him, but I would expect at least some okay games and better performances. He'll probably get relegated. I can't. He could get relegated. Sorry. Doesn't mean he will. I don't really see another team signing him. He hasn't really stood out which means if that happens, he could be playing the second division of France next season. Uh, I'm going to say, say okay. Bad season. 
I'm going to say okay for for him because to go to a top five league and to start and be a locked in starter for them until last week when he finally got benched. You're right. He hasn't always played well. He's still a little bit too reactionary, but I don't think it's been a bad season. Like I, he, he, he hasn't made a lot of mistakes that have resulted in goals. There's been a few, but I, I think it's too far to say bad. I'm going to say, okay. He gets out muscled out of the ball so easily. Balogun did that to him. They did it to him this weekend too. He started. Balogun is also a very good player. Like, yeah, but I, I would expect him to to be able to hold his own better. He's he's part of the worst, de- the second worst defense in the league, uh, and I don't think it's like all on him. It's definitely not. He's the worst, but he's also not standing much better than the other ones. He's kind of like in the mix, right? Uh, yeah, I, I just don't think that. you can say. I mean, I guess it's for me. We have very few center backs getting minutes in a top five league. So to be a starter, even though he hasn't always been great. I think it's somewhere between bad and okay. I'll give him okay. I'll go with bad. And then Tim Weah. I can't give Weah bad. No. And I can't give him good. It has to be okay. No. He's playing a lot. He's playing a lot. Out of position, yeah. but he's playing a lot of minutes. And in terms of performances, he's actually performed fairly well out of position. He's done just fine on that out left of position, wing back. Yes. He yeah. wasn't always that good, though, on the wing. No. Well... Not productive for sure. Not terrible, but not great. I'm going to say yeah. his season has been normal or average, yeah. but he definitely probably needs a move somewhere that he consistently plays as an attacker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so France, uh, Italy, there's no Americans there right now, right? Weston was the last I mean, one. All I guess. in the second division. <laughs> yeah, those are the ones we're not going to mention in this oh, video Dest. right now. Dest is in Italy. Oh yeah, we forgot about Serginho from, from <laughs> Serginho Dest. That that should tell oh, you right there, right? I mean, that should tell you if we don't even forgot about him, he's not even making the bench for Milan anymore. He made this weekend though. He made the oh, bench. He did. Yeah, he's but not getting off the bench. No, no, no. But yeah, you're right. He doesn't make the bench sometimes. People were saying he was injured, but there weren't any reports when he made didn't make the bench that he was injured. No, it's been it's been a terrible loan. They don't, and and I guess two things: one that we didn't even remember about our our best right back. We didn't remember him right now. The second thing is AC Milan kind of already said that they're not going to pay his fee, so that kind of says everything. He's a young, promising player. If they don't want to pay the fee, that's how bad he's been this season. So I'm going to go terrible season. I don't think yeah. anyone can argue that. Yeah, done with Italy. The last we're done with all the top five leagues. Then no La Liga, La Liga, La Liga. Yeah. La Liga, we have Yunus Musa and Luca De La Torre. That's it. Mm. Two Americans. And let's start with Luca De La Torre because you definitely followed him for longer than most people, most USMNT fans in general. Definitely longer yeah. than me too. What do you think of his season? Looking back, like if you asked me this question two months ago before the World Cup, I would say bad because he wasn't able to get a starting spot or even significant minutes. He would come in some games for the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But then ever since then, they changed the coach after the World Cup. He turned it around, started starting, has kept his starting spot. When he's starting, they're winning, has two assists, was involved in, you know, in not a goal as goals or assists, but was involved in all three goals in their last game. He plays on Monday. We'll see how he does. I would have to say good. Because to go to Spain from from the Netherlands and to earn a starting spot and be a contributor, and it looks right now like he's the de facto starter when he's healthy, I'd say that's a good season. Didn't he get a team of the week also in La Liga? Did he? I don't know. 
I thought he did one of the week. I guys I, don't quote us on that, but I think he did. I think he did. But he's yeah. been playing well. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to say Luca right now, obviously, like you said, before the World Cup, it was bad, but he turned it around quickly. And if it keeps going like this, we will finish the season by saying it's a successful season. With that yeah. said, I'm going to say he's having a good season. He Same. turned around. Is yeah. it locked and start? Eunice Musa. And this is one of those tricky ones. Do you want to yeah, go first or you want me to go first? You can go first because I went first on Luca. So there's a couple of things to dissect here about Eunice Musa. The amount of minutes in the position he's playing, it's good for his age. Yeah. The experience he's getting this season is very good. Now, if you judge his performances outside of maybe he started most games for Valencia, I would say like 90% of them probably. I don't have the exact number, but something like that, which means it's easily over 20, 20 starts this season. I would say he's had maybe two good games the whole season. Everything else was either he ghosted, you just didn't do anything or had a bad game. And eventually now Gattuso's fired and everything. He finally got benched this weekend. He did come mm. off the bench later in the game around minute 70 something, but he finally got benched. So it's a trick. One. I'm going to say in terms of performance, it's a bad season, but in terms of the experience he's getting uh, playing time in a tough league and at such a young age and even the pressure of relegation, I'll say a good one from that sense. So when you average those two out, I'd say an average season for Yunus Musa so far. Yeah, I think average is probably the most fair. I mean, he's sort of in the same position as Eric Palmer Brown at Trois, though, where, you know, he's playing, but he's not playing well. And I think that's the concern. Very pa- We've talked about this many times. Very passive. Doesn't impact the game like he should. Luca has as many goal contributions as he does with a fifth of the minutes in the same league. So... It, I'll give him an okay. Um, it's a little worrying. I do think he needs to leave and, and go somewhere where he'll be pushed a little bit because it took too long, in my opinion, for them to bench him. Yeah. Uh, and again, sometimes he might be looking bad because the team is terrible. And when he goes to a better team, he stands out. Or no, he's only getting minutes because the team is crap. That could be another reason. We'll find out yeah. very soon. Because I think the odds of him leaving this summer are pretty high. If they get relegated, yeah. I have no doubt that he's leaving. He'd be the and first one. <laughs> yeah, he'd be probably the first one. And there'll be a lot of English Premier League teams after him, especially because he counts as a homegrown. Now, if yeah. they don't get relegated, I still think he leaves. It might just be a bit trickier because then Valencia might want more money, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So that does it for the top five leagues. Now we're going to go to just random top leagues in Europe or players in general around the globe. Players that we think have a shot on being the roster and can contribute right away to the U.S. men's national team. We can go to the Eredivisie here, uh, which we have Taylor Booth, Ricardo Pepe, and Jordi Mihailovic. And Mihailovic, he just joined AZ Alkmaar, right, in January. So you only have like two months of data to, to judge him. And I don't think it's fair for us to rate it as bad, average, or good, but I'll say it's promising. He came in in a decent to good team in the Redivisie, which we know is also a tough league. And he's getting minutes. He's starting here and there. He had a minor injury and was out, I think, for a game or two. I would just say Mihailovic has just been encouraging this start. That's yeah. it. I mean, he got a goal and an assist in his first two starts. So that yeah. was good. Got injured. coming back now. I'd say okay, but it's too yeah. hard. It's too early to tell. Now, the other two, uh, Taylor Booth. Taylor Booth, I'm going to say right away, very good season. Coming Excellent in, season. standing out, looking very good, looking dangerous. 
probably even should seek a move to a better club or a better league. I'll be okay with him staying in the Divisi and go battling for a position at PSV, um, yeah. Feyenoord, uh, Ajax, whoever wants to sign him. So Taylor Booth, playing mostly as a right winger, might be a central midfielder in the future. But excellent season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hunter Ricardo, one of the very encouraging stories of the season. Can play wide, can play central. Yeah, super encouraging. He turned down a contract from Bayern to go play in the Eredivisie uh, in a position that he wanted to play in. So Yeah, he seems to have the right mentality too. Very tough guy. Very tough yeah. guy. Gets pushed and hit a lot. Doesn't care. Ricardo Pepe, I'll let you go first on that one. I would say good season. Um, scoring a bunch of goals for a very bad team. Like, if he was starting for PSV Eindhoven, he'd probably have almost 20 goals by now. Maybe that's extreme. 15, I'd say, is fair. He has 10. Right, nine in the Eredivisie, one in the cup. Rarely gets chances. Has to lead that line. Also, does a lot of hard work off the ball. Um, I would say very good season for Pepe. I agree. Great season for Ricardo Pepe, bouncing back for a horrible half season from Augsburg, which hopefully he doesn't go back to Augsburg. Hopefully he goes somewhere else. Uh, but the thing that people need to take into account with Pepe too is someone said that oh he's not playing for a better team because better players play for better teams. That's not always true. And usually playing for a worse team, at least in soccer, right? If you go to the NBA, sure. If you're a superstar and you play for a crap team, your stats might get inflated. You might get more points because you're taking all the shots in NBA. Mm -hmm. uh, now in soccer, if you are a forward playing for a bad team, usually it's the other way around. You score less goals, you get less assists, and you contribute less. So that's the situation with Pepe. Uh, that's what Pete was pointing to that if he played for a better team that created more chances how effective and how efficient he has been for Groningen that's a relegation zone team he probably would have had more goals now we can't obviously prove that it's just based yeah. on data from other players usually when you go to a better team your productivity goes up right we talked about Erlen Haaland for example scoring a lot of goals in Dortmund then they said he's moving to a tougher league so he's going to struggle yes but he was also moving to a better team so yeah. they created more chances scoring more goals Nevertheless, good season. So in the Divisi, at least our players there, pretty good. Pretty good, all of them. I will also uh, say the context of he should be, like, you know, if he was better, he'd be playing in a better team. He was 19 when Augsburg lo loaned him out. There are very few clubs in the top seven leagues in the world that let a 19-year-old, because most clubs play with just one striker. So there are very few teams that will say, yeah, we're going to start a 19-year-old. So his options, as far as if he wanted to start and get regular playing time, were limited. So to, to trust a 19-year-old with those minutes in the Eredivisie is, is actually good to see. Well, how about we talk about the human aspect, too, that he's a kid. He's 19, just turned 20, in different countries, moving around from Germany to Netherlands. Yeah. And he's quickly adapting to it. And he struggled in Augsburg, and he kept his head up, right? Because yeah. a lot of people would just crumble. He was being heavily criticized by everyone, by us, by the media there. He was a big signing. He bounced back. Excellent season for Ricardo Pepe, for sure. I'm trying to think here where we can go now. Maybe a quick Belgium. trip to Belgium. Let's go to Belgium, yeah. Pete, because we're, we're in the Netherlands, right? It's right next to Belgium. Yeah, it's next door. Yeah. And guys, we're not looking at a map. We actually know our geography very well. We're that good. <laughs> yeah. I didn't skip geography class in high school. Uh, so Belgium, we have Mark McKenzie, and we also have Brian Reynolds that plays for West Erlo and McKenzie Fringer. I'm 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 gonna almost like rate both at the same time. I'm gonna say good season from both for yeah. their standard in the league they play. Mackenzie became a starter after I think Lukimi left. He became a starter, Lucimi. And he I've 
personally have not been watching him in Belgium, so I can't comment on his performances. But just being like a Twitter tactician, based off stats, he's been doing just fine. And the fact that he's a starter, which he wasn't before, is also encouraging, so I'll say good. Brian Reynolds, I caught a game early in the season for West Erlo. He looked okay. It was when he played Sam Vines. And lately, I've been going more based on what people tweet, but they've been saying he stepped up. I don't have time to watch Westerlo. So the fact that he's starting and playing and the highlights look good, I'm going to say a good season for Brian Reynolds as well. But I I can't say I've been watching these guys, so I can't really be go in-depth like we did with other players. So his manager or somebody actually posts all his game involvements on Vimeo for like every game. So when I did a scouting report on um, him for Patreon and I ended up watching a lot of him, I would say the last since the World Cup, he has made massive strides of improvement. And that's been really good to see. So, yeah, I agree with you on both. Great seasons. So let's leave Belgium and let's go to let's go to Scotland before we go to, you know, um, back to England because we still have to go to second division in England. So if you go to Scotland, we have Cameron Carter Vickers. Malik Tillman, and we did have James Sands. James Sands' season is over in Scotland. He went back to Major League Soccer. It wasn't that great, good experience for him, but, I, I mean, they terminated the loan early. So can we rate it anything? Like, should we rate it as no, a bad, bad season? You didn't play. It's bad. When you played, yeah. you looked poor, and then you were sent back to MLS, which is probably his level, at least for right now. Yeah, so good experience for him, but bad season. Cameron Carter Victor is pretty easy. He's the best center back yeah. in Scotland. Yeah. It, it's like excellent season. There's nothing more to talk about. It's time for him to even move up. Time to try yes. to go to the Premier League, probably uh, take a challenge there, especially because in Celtic, he's very busy on the ball, but not as busy defending. Time for him to yeah. get busy defending. He needs a more defensive challenge. Yeah. Malik Tillman. I'm going to say good. Um, eight goals and five assists so far this season. He has been inconsistent, right? We've seen that he'll have a good game or even a good moment and then a poor moment. Um, so I'd argue consistent. Huh? I'd argue consistent. I know exactly what to expect from him depending on who the opponent is. Yeah, I, w I mean, the way I look at it is this is his first season as a professional. So to contribute so far, eight goals and five assists is good. Is a good season. It's a good, it doesn't mean he doesn't have things he needs to work on. It doesn't. He has a little bit of that Yunus Musa passiveness, on you know, mm -hmm. and I'd like to see him eradicate that from his game. But in terms of production, he's been very productive, I would say, in Scotland. So I have to give him good. I might get called a hater for this because that's how it works in U.S. soccer, right? Uh, if you don't, like, hype anyone up. But I'm going to say average because okay. what disappointed me about Tillman is he's been productive against terrible competition, terrible teams. That's where he's done. Teams that are probably MLS level. And then every single game I watched from him was mainly against the big boys, right? It was like the Champions League games, which Rangers was terrible as a whole. So that's not even really on him. Yeah. But all the games against Celtic that he played. But that's nothing. two games. Like overall, if we're judging, no, it was how more did than two games. It? it was more than two games against Celtic. They play in the cup. Oh, they have the, the three games. So it was like three away, or four. I think it was four and games then the final. against Celtic. I could check. I think it was four games. I, I definitely watched two, but I think it was four and didn't play. Rangers well. lost all of those games, though, by like good margins. Like yeah. there's a, I think there's a big gap between the two of them, too. 
so it's it's hard for me to judge in that sense because he didn't really stand out outside of and there's also a big gap between Rangers and the other teams, right? Yeah. Towards yeah, Rangers. They are far better than the other teams. Uh for me, I'm gonna say average. I think I think average, but promising. It's what I'll say. Promising because at least against the worst teams, he really looked good. He had lots of flashes of talent. But against the bad ones, I'm not so sure. So and like you said, there's those Eunice Musa moments where it seems like, is Tillman playing? You kind of ask yourself, is he playing? And then he yeah. has a moment that's very, that's brilliant. So I'm going to say average, but in, but promising. That's how I'm going to yeah. put his. Okay. So we're in Scotland. Let's go back to England and yeah. go to the second division of England, which the players we have to rate there are Daryl DK, Zach Steffen, Ethan Horvath, Austin Trusty, and Josh Sargent. Are yeah. those it? I okay, mean, we don't. Are... If we, if you want to get into Lyndon Gooch, we can. But, no, I mean, no, no, I have no, not, no. I haven't watched him, so. No, no. Um, Sergeant, what do you think? Of, sorry, I, what do you think of Sergeant? I mean, he hasn't played in his position for most of the season, and he still mm-hmm. managed to contribute eleven goals and two assists. I'd say it's a good season. He's the top scorer. Yeah, I think in terms of productivity and everything, uh, injury here and there. But overall, I think good for Sargent. That's kind of what he needed to get his confidence back up. And when he got his confidence back up, I thought he looked good in the World Cup. Didn't score, but he looked good. A confident yeah. Sargent. Um, so, guys, listen, maybe some of you lost us here for a second here because we were recording. We had some issues. But we were talking about Daryl DK. And pretty much what we said is he had an average season, right? He did exactly what we expected. Got a couple goals after the World Cup was injured prior. He knows the league. Hasn't really stood out, in my opinion, but hasn't really been bad. There's the technical ability issue, but... We can't say he had a bad season. He's contributing from what we expect from DK. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Austin then, Trusty. I'll say I'll say good. He's come in. He's won a starting spot on loan from Arsenal. And he's contributed a few goals. Hasn't been like a disaster. I'd yeah. say okay. Somewhere between okay and good, I think either is fair to a degree. Depends how you look at it. I would say I don't think he is national team quality right now. That's what I'll say for starters. But I will say that for him, moving to a different league and getting the locked-in starting job right away and and not being a problem, he's doing just fine. I would say a good season for Austin Trusty's standards, like for what we expect from him. I would say a good season. And remember, yeah. guys, it's always like based off the standard, right? Because – you put Pulisic in a season and he drops five goals in the Premier League, we might just say average. But if you put maybe Ricardo Pepe in his first season in the Premier League and he gets five goals, we might say, hey, that was a pretty good season for Pepe maybe. So uh, yeah. it's all about like what you expect. Uh, Ethan Horvath, I'm going to say average for him. He hasn't been yeah. terrible. He hasn't been good. He has He's made some mistakes. There were some bizarre moments, but there were games he did well. He's kind of just being what we expect from Horvath. There's games yeah. he stands out in games. He's not the most reliable goalkeeper, but also not a bad goalkeeper. For I think he's time. the goalkeeper that's mostly going to be fine, but like a lot of goalkeepers, there will be the occasional mistake from him. Mm-hmm. So that's it for Horvath, Luton Town. I think the last player here would be Zach Steffen from Middlesbrough. Here's the thing with Steffen. He hasn't been having a good season, but Middlesbrough has been having a good season, and he is part of the team. With that said, some people are going to say he had a good season. I'm going to say average because you can't really say terrible season. He's made a lot of mistakes, looked very bad. Even when DK had a brace, 
Yeah. You should go thank Zach Steffen for those two goals, in my opinion. But I'll say average for Zach Steffen. I think saying terrible might be a little bit too much. Uh, but I'm sorry. I, I can't say good season. I just can't. I, I don't. I think good is definitely not. I think there's a case for a bad season. Because Middlesbrough has been good, but he people, I don't think that many people watch Zach Steffen. And he has the talent to be competing with Matt Turner for the job, but his confidence just seems completely shot. And he's made enough mistakes. And I'm talking about regular enough mistakes that I, I don't know if I can even say it's okay season for him. Like, I think he's made too many mistakes. I, I have to give him a bad and I hate to do that because he has talent, but something's not right in his head. I guess the confidence is gone. Yeah. I'll put this for the stat nerds. If they like, I pulled it up here. His expected goals conceded is 30.74. Okay, that's how much he was expected to concede based on the shots he had on him. He conceded 34, which is three more than what he was expected, which means he performed below what you would expect. He's had three errors that led to a goal. So that means it was like straight up his fault. Um, 81 saves, 81 saves, one penalty faced, and he saved the penalty kick. Congratulations to him. And he had eight clean sheets in 31 matches. A lot of it with the team he's he's playing for, they did well. I'm not going to say bad. I'll say average. But for sure, I think people are hyping his season more based on Middlesbrough than actually Zach Steffen. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say I think- from watching him, because I watch all the uh, extended highlights, either I'll watch the game or the extended highlights. He's also made mistakes that he didn't get punished for. Um, that, like give, okay. like dead giveaways in, from the goalkeeper's line to to an attacker, so it's tough, man. I know people love Stefan and I love him too, but it's hard for me to say he's having an okay season when he's made well, that many mistakes. The DK goals we talked about, those were mostly his mistakes, but they probably didn't count as an error because it was kind of like a bad save, right? So it's not really yeah. a mistake; it's a bad save. Yeah. Before we go, just real quick, um, Alejandro Zendejas and Johnny Cardoso, they don't play in Europe, but they technically are abroad. Zendejas, the season just started and he got injured. There's not much to rate. And Johnny Cardoso is playing. He's starting for Internacional, but they're kind of like playing the state tournament, which is it's almost like a competitive preseason. There's not yeah. much to rate or talk talk about, but both do start for their clubs and are players that could be in the March camp. You never know. Yeah. yeah. Pete. Um, that's it for this episode. We rated the season so far. Maybe we should do that at the end of the season again. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, Come back at the end of the season. And everyone that listened, make sure to drop a review. If you haven't share the podcast so we can continue to grow. If you don't want to share it, don't do it, but that's a great way to help the podcast. If you want to with other U S men's national team fans and even share it on Twitter when we post it. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Bye-bye. Have a great week.